0: Hello out there, my podcast family, and welcome to Caregiving is a Ministry, where we look at the word of God through the lens of caregiving. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook at Caregiving is a Ministry, all one word. Today's lesson comes from Ephesians, the second chapter, verses one through seven, and it's going to be a lot, but I need you to bear with me because I'm going to read through all seven verses, and I have three versions that I want to read from. So just hunker down. (laughs) The New American Standard Bible reads, And you were dead in your offenses and sins in which you previously walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too all previously lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our wrongdoings, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come, he might show the boundless riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Jesus Christ. Now, the New Living Translation. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms, because we were we are united with Jesus Christ. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us, as shown in all he has done for us and who all as shown in all he has done for us who are united in Jesus Christ. Okay, last version, the new life version. At one time you were dead because of your sins. You followed the sinful ways of the world and obeyed the leader of the of the power of darkness. He is the devil who is now working in the people who do not obey God. At one time, all of us lived to please our old selves. We gave it, we gave in to what our bodies and minds wanted. We were sinful from birth like all other people and would suffer from the anger of God. But God had so much loving kindness. He loved us with such a great love. Even when we were dead because of our sins, he made us alive by what Christ did for us. You have been saved from the punishment of sin by his loving favor. God raised us up from death when he raised up Jesus Christ. He has given us a place with Christ in the heavens. He did this to show us through all the time to come, the great riches of his loving favor. He has shown us his kindness through Jesus Christ. I know that was a lot, so thank you for sticking with me. Okay, what is Paul doing here? First, he's reminding us that we haven't always been saved. Newsflash, right? Have we? No. We too can identify with living a life that was outside of God's will. We can identify with living life unabandoned in the flesh, doing what we wanted with no regard for God. Now, I, su- I know, or maybe I suspect, some of you may be like me. I accepted Jesus when I was a little girl, but my life didn't start to reflect that relationship until really about 20 years ago, I should say. Sure, I was saved. But my life, or better yet my attitude toward life, looked like the world. As I grew in my relationship with God, the Holy Spirit began to show me a better way of living, a new way of thinking. I had more joy. Now, I've always been a happy-go-lucky person, but now I had the knowledge that Christ was truly with me and that I could converse with him and go to him, you see, I even, even though I accepted Christ as a child, I can still identify with this scripture because I wasn't living a life totally surrendered to God. So if your story's like mine and you're like, well, I never really, just think about your progression as a Christian throughout the years. As we grow with God, (laughs) the Holy Spirit starts to say, "Mm, yeah, I don't need you to do that anymore. Mm, I don't need you to do it anymore. And so... We, we have and sometimes still do live a life that is a little more on the flesh side than what it is on the spiritual side so Paul is painting this picture of just how far the church at Ephesus and ourselves just how far we've come in our salvation and I like it in verse five he, he throws in that added thing and salvation is a gift <laughs> don't forget that that we didn't do anything on our own to deserve it it's a gift from God And then that we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. I believe that that seated with Christ in heavenly places is really an allegory for the fact that since God is, is, since Jesus is seated, which has been interpreted to mean there is no work left to be done. So now we're seated with him. Recall what Jesus said when he was on the cross. It is finished. So he is seated next to the father. There is no work to be done. Not only is the gift of salvation finished through Christ's death and resurrection, but our futures, both in this world and in heaven, is also complete. I know you've heard some of people say things like, and they're well-meaning people, you know, Jesus is working things out for me. Jesus is working out this situation or God is working. Well, the reality is it's all done. He's not working. He already worked. And so I know this may be hard for you to grasp, but just stay with me. Christ, God, who deals outside of time, created our lives, it's everything is complete. Now, this doesn't give us an excuse to go on autopilot and not to pray, right? We don't know the ending of our lives. We don't know the details of our lives, but God does, he and his son, and they are seated allowing it to happen in accordance to how they created it and to bring forth what they intended. Our prayers, therefore, are a way of acknowledging God and inviting his plan that has already been created to come forth in our lives. His plan or in other words we like to say His will. Because remember He still gives us a choice. A free will. Jesus said, you know, you have not because you ask not. We have a choice. God just knows the choice that we're going to make. We don't. But it's just not things that we're supposed to ask God for. In In seeking his will in our lives, we can go to God and we can ask him for wisdom. We can ask him for revelation. We can ask him for forgiveness, for healing. We still must come to him and we must ask. So there's no excuse. Inviting his will will to come in our lives so that things play out so yes he's seated so I've learned to stop saying God is working in my life to God already has a plan and I am seeking him so that I can walk in it so that I can do it God has the plan I'm just trying to get the little piece that I need for today in order to get it done Of course, I know more enlightened people, they may have a different um, interpretation. The Holy Spirit may have given them something different, but this is what he's given to me. So now, let's hone in on verse 7, which gets us to today's lesson. 20 minutes later, right? Just bear with me. (laughs) Once again, from the New American Standard Bible. So that in the ages to come, he might show the boundless riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Jesus Christ. That's verse 7 from the NASB, now from the New Living Translation. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us as shown in all that he has done for us who are united in Christ Jesus. New Life Version. He did this to show us through all the time to come the great riches of his loving favor He has shown us kindness through Jesus Christ. So what was God's greatest kindness that he showed us? It's salvation in Christ. And he did that, of course, so that mankind could be reconciled with him. Right? But there's more to this little meaty verse. (laughs) Our individual salvation, God uses to bring others to him by demonstrating through us the fullness of his grace, mercy, and kindness. Our lives are on public display. Our lives in Christ Jesus, that is. That's why it's, it's never just about you or I. It's about the people God brings into our circle of influence. He uses our relationship with him to demonstrate just how perfect he is and what having a relationship with him looks like. And oh, there is the rub. How does your relationship with God play out to your circle of influence? Does it highlight how great God is? Does it demonstrate that while you might cry tonight, you know that joy will come in the morning? Do they see a seasoned saint or an infant, what do they see? Are you and I using the relationship we have with Christ to demonstrate that he is a loving God, that he truly is God? Can others see God in our lives? I'm not talking about when you call on him after, after you've ignored him, you know, for I don't know how many days, months, years, and you've screwed things up and so you need him to come and make things right or when there is a particular promotion or something wonderful happens and so now you're thanking him in public i'm i'm wondering do they see the daily routine mundane aspects of life with god you know just the daily routines oops did i say routine or mundane yes i did not every day is going to be a blessing or a catastrophe. Most days are just going to be rudimentary. And you can get in a rut. And I know sometimes I've gotten in a rut. I mean, I've been with the Lord for what? 48 years. I was seven when I accepted Christ. You do the math. I'm not good with it. But, you know, after a while, I'm like, okay. Jesus, we need to change things up. Instead of us um, praying with coffee, okay, today we're going to go for a walk and we're going to pray. It's a relationship and you got to keep it spicy, so to speak. But people need to see that. They need to see that God is at the center of your lives and how you do that. That's what they need to see in us. That's why why God doesn't, you know, the moment we accept him as Savior, we're not immediately caught up with him in heaven physically. Metaphorically, we are seated with Christ because our lives are all done. But he leaves us here because there's work that he is doing through us. And part of that work is the relationship on display that we have with him. Can our circle of influence, our loved ones, see, hmm, When he accepted Christ at whatever age he used to do this, 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 and hmm, now it's five, six, seven years, ten years later, and he's still doing that or hmm, he's not doing that anymore. That's what the seventh verse is getting at. We have been saved to demonstrate demonstrate God's kindness that he bestowed on us each and every day and that he will bestow, bestow on others. As a caregiver, you're being watched. First, your loved one is watching you because they're experiencing what you do firsthand, right? They're experiencing whether you're being kind, (laughs) whether God's kindness is on display. Second, your family members, then your friends. I can't tell you how many people have come up to me and have stated and have told me that they are blessed by the way that I take care of my mother. I don't understand how, but that's what they've told me. I've also been told by other, by a couple of women how they have elderly parents and they've seen how I take care of my, mom, my mother and, and it's been a witness to them. It's been an encouragement to them. Um, it's been an example to them. That's when I started realizing, ooh, 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 this isn't just about me or mama, this is about other people. God has and continues to use this season of caregiving for his glory. And because he's no respecter of persons, because he's doing it in my life, (laughs) that means he wants to do it in yours. He wants to use your journey of caregiving as well. So dear, sweet one listening, allow God to use you. He wants you to. Let us go before him and pray. Holy God, we come before you thanking you for this day. <laughs> Acknowledging that, yeah, we haven't always been, you know, saved. And you know that. But we are. And what we desire is for you to use us and for the world, for those people that you put in our circle of influence, for, for, for them to see the difference that you've made in our lives. We've now learned today through this scripture that you want to use our relationship in our lives as a demonstration of your kindness. And so we come in agreement with this scripture today and we ask you to do whatever you need to do in our hearts and in our minds to allow our relationship that we have with you to demonstrate your kindness to those around us. Bless each and every person who's listening today. We ask that you touch them in a special way for you know what they are experiencing. You said life on this side of the journey, Jordan would not be easy. And so we lift up our burdens, we cast our cares on you. The frustration of taking care of individuals, not knowing what the next day will bring, but you tell us to be of good courage because you have overcome the world and so we come to you as our savior as our father acknowledging that we need you we ask for your strength and we ask you to use us to demonstrate your kindness bless our loved ones who we are taking care of minimize their suffering if you can't completely take it away help them to be rooted and grounded in you give them peace. Give us peace. This we ask in the name that is above every name, Jesus the Christ. Amen. All right, dear ones, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Now go and minister the act of caregiving in the name of Jesus.